0: Good morning. Hebrews chapter number 5.
1: We're going to wrap up this chapter this morning. And then uh, because of family revival coming and uh, some other things that are going to be taking place, we're going to take a brief break from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews and uh, get into a couple of different studies, and then we're going to come back at chapter number 6. But I wanted to make sure that we finished up chapter 5, because it's going to be what we springboard into the next bit of study, and it kind of tails off of everything else that we have seen so far and read. Look with me if you would. Hebrews chapter number 5, starting in verse 11. This is in reference to the high priestly office of Jesus Christ. He says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when, for the time, ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, free as a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Father, speak to our hearts, we pray. Open our minds to the the. The truth of God's word, open our eyes to the truth of ourselves, and Father, open our hearts to the attraction of Jesus Christ and for a desire, Lord, to live the righteous life. We pray these things in your Son's name, Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. The preacher having just made the observation of Jesus' being our high priest after the order of Melchizedek, uh, he takes a pause, if you will notice here. He kind of, uh, he's been teaching about uh, Christ's high priestly prayer, and it's almost as if uh, he's made it uh, through a good portion of his message, and then he just, it's its like everything needs to come to a stop for a minute. He's, he's but wait a minute. I'm reminded of when Jude sat down to write his letter. If you were to uh, flip over just a few books, you'd find in Jude, he says, I wanted to write to you about the common salvation. However, I discovered that it was needful for me to write to you about this instead. And so you have this idea of a, um, a sort of, a, uh, he wants to go one direction, but he has to stop. And he has to clear up a few things. And see, he realizes that his audience will not get what he wants to teach them unless he explains it in every detail. His audience is not ready for what he's wanting to preach, essentially. If you'll, if you'll notice in this pause, he, he corrects them for a childish uh, behavior when it comes to spiritual things. But as we look at this, I hope to clear up certain misconceptions. Uh, that maybe uh, would come as a result of some of these things. Uh, for one, I'm, I'm not a, uh, a believer in carnal Christians. There's a lot of ideas about carnal Christians. I believe in Christians acting carnally, acting like the world. So, you know, well, what's carnal mean? Well, acting worldly. But I don't personally believe in worldly Christians. I believe in Christians that simply act like the world. Now, you may disagree with me, and that's okay. That's all right. We're allowed to do that. It's called liberty. But I want to kind of lay things out for you the way the preacher does in this uh, epistle here. Because I think that there's been an idea of this different levels of Christianity where you have this level of Christian and this level of Christian and this level of Christian, and you can't expect this level of Christian to act like this level of Christian. Well, maybe not as in the area of growth, because I can't expect a three-year-old child to act like a 25-year-old young man. Nor can I expect an 18-year-old uh, to act like a 50-year-old. That, that's that's foolishness because with age comes, uh, comes wisdom, comes understanding, comes the experience of life. Now, I have known many children, many that were well beyond their years. Many. And I believe that that has something to do with maybe their upbringing, their receptivity to the t- teaching and the training of their parents, uh, to the involvement uh, of the parents in their teaching and training, whatever it may be. Uh, sometimes you just have, that's just their makeup. Some children, they grow up faster than others. Uh, some, uh, some children, when they, as they grow, my wife learned how to take responsibility in the womb. I learned how to take responsibility in my 40s. This is the way things sometimes happen. And that's, that's, that's mostly due to many of us just simply don't want to take responsibility. We just don't want to. And the writer of Hebrews here, as he is attempting to, uh, to jump into this idea of Melchizedek, because hopefully I'm not the only one that I read these statements. You know, go back to verse number 10 talking about Christ, high priest the office. He says, called of God, a an, uh, an high priest, after the order of Melchizedek. Now, if you're anything like me, you go, huh? Who does Melchizedek? I want to know more about this. He says, I'd like to be able to go into this in greater detail.
0: But you need milk.
1: You need milk. And so he has to stop where he's going. And trying to provoke a response or trying to provoke uh, a reaction, not necessarily uh, like, you know, poking and stirring the pot. I know many of us sometimes we like to do that, right? Let's just say something. I'm looking forward. I, I was talking to my wife yesterday. I'm looking forward to giving a certain Christmas gift this year to my nieces and nephews uh, because I'm looking forward to the response from one of my nieces when she goes, that. I'm looking forward to it. I I, want to see the response. I'm looking for it. That's not what I'm talking about as far as provoking a response. He's trying to get you to think. He's trying to get the people here in the book of Hebrews. He's trying to get these Hebrews, these Jewish Christians to think. And so the question that I would like to kind of put out there for us this morning to focus in on and to really ponder is, have I been acting childish or mature? It's a question for every one of us to really rein in on and focus this morning. Now, some of us might be already thinking, I know I'm mature. Well, praise God.
0: There is nothing that you have to work on in your life.
1: I'm still working on a lot. (laughs) And the day I think he's finished working on me is the day I need to be slipping into glory. When I stop thinking that he has things to work on in my heart and in my life is the day I have quit growing and started reverting. So if your first response is, this message is not for me because I am a mature Christian, then you have just proven your immaturity and you're starting to go backwards. So we all, every single one of us need to look at a couple things. Have I been acting mature or have I been acting childish lately? Many have used passages such as this to try and prove their salvation, defending themselves as baby Christians. I've, I've talked with some people who have been saved for 30, 40, 50 years and still act like a childish believer. And they say, well, that's just because I'm, I, I'm just a babe in Christ. No, 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 this passage of Scripture was not meant to encourage you to remain a child. It was to wake us up to say, I need to stop acting like a child and grow up. C.S. Lewis is known for making this statement. One of my favorite Lewis statements is this. He says, does God want you to be happy? That's not his main goal. His main goal is for you to grow up. That's what he desires. He desires for us to see what it is, the direction we need to start moving, take responsibility, and go. It's the same thing that you desire for your children. How many of you have had your children, they throw a fit, they kick, they scream, they don't want, you know, you just want to look at them and go, go ahead, hold your breath till you turn blue. This is entertaining. Yeah. There's a lot of 50, 60, 70-year-olds, spiritually speaking, still kicking, screaming holding their breath till they turn blue and passing out. I didn't get my way. It's not fair. He didn't sing my song.
0: I don't like these chairs. Uh, Hold the phone. Time for us to grow up.
1: Let's take a look at a few things in this passage here. Because no one wants, physically speaking, anybody to remain a child. You know what it's like to be around an adult that should know how to behave but just does not grow up and is acting so immature? Is that enjoyable? Nobody enjoys being around an immature individual. Why would we want to be spiritually immature either? Let's look at uh, what this passage says. We're going to try to take this verse by verse. Look at verse number 11 with me. And actually, I'm going to continue to read so that you can see the bigger picture. Of whom we have many things to say. And are hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when the time, uh, when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as one uh, as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Uh, For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. Now, notice the very first thing that we see in this. Right at the end there of verse number 11, he says, you are dull of hearing. Now, I could bore you with some of the Greek details, but basically, this is an idiom. This is a Greek idiom. You know, we use idioms all the time. We had a Russian foreign exchange student stay with us when I was 12, 13 or something like that, and I looked, and we were talking about something, and, and she said uh, she was asking how to be, and I was like, oh, that's a piece of cake. She says, piece of cake. What well, is this piece of cake. <laughs> a piece of cake is a piece of cake is a piece of cake. Um, piece of cake, and then my dad had to jump in. Well, he's saying, it's easy. Well, why didn't he just say that's easy? Why say piece of cake? It's a, an Idiom. You see, this is an idiom in the Greek language. It literally means you have lazy ears. Lazy ears. Have you ever gotten on to somebody before because it's not that they didn't hear you, it's that they selected what to listen to. (laughs) Kids, You take take your kids to get them tested for hearing. I have said that 85 times. Are you listening to me, huh? (laughs) Uh! Another way of saying this is you're hard of hearing. You ever talk with someone who's hard of hearing and they just kind of glance at you? Some of the wives are like, "Mm mm-hmm. They just kind of look at you like, I can remember one time, my, I, I swear my grandfather was not losing his hearing as early as everyone thought he was losing his hearing. But I, my mom used to say, You don't have, you're not hard of hearing, you have selective hearing. You pick what you want to hear. Whenever you hear mom say, Dinner's ready, oh, thank God. Whenever you hear mom say, Go clean your room, huh? You yeah. know, selective hearing, right? This is what this is talking about. He says, I'd love to go into this deeper. Notice what he says here in verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. This idea of being dull of hearing or having lazy ears, the writer indicates his desire to talk more, but says he can't. And it's not because he can't articulate it. It's because he knows they're not listening. And this is something that you and I, my friend, need to warn ourselves against. We need to be careful that we never allow ourselves to be hard of hearing. This is something that takes place on purpose in our lives. Of whom we have many things to say, hard to be uttered, dull of hearing. I want you to notice that this does not simply affect the individual either. It affects all those around. The entire church had to be put off for a minute so that those who were hard of hearing could be retaught. The families were put on hold in their spiritual growth while the individuals within the home, the mothers and fathers who were supposed to be leading those children, they had to be retaught. They had to be taken back to milk. If if it was, uh, you know, we, we talk about all the time, children raising children, what a travesty it is. Do you realize that in spiritual homes today, there are many children raising children? They may be 30, 40, 50, 60 years old but they are spiritual children trying to raise spiritual children. And it is milk, feeding milk, feeding milk, everybody in the house eating milk, nobody on solid food. And how do we expect the following generation to be any stronger than those of us who are training and teaching the current generation? You want to know why we are producing so many people who are walking away from church, so many people who are living under the uh, adage of carnal Christians. It's because we ourselves have become these carnal Christians and we're trying to raise spiritual giants. There's not going to be any Adoniram Judsons. There's not going to be any D.L. Moody's. There's not going to be any Billy Graham's if we don't wake up and understand that you and I, my friend, have got to quit being selective in what we choose to obey. When your children watch you and understand that you get to pick and choose what part of God's word you obey, guess what they get to do?
0: My mom and dad don't.
1: I'm not going to either. The Bible says husbands love your wives. I never once watched my dad do that, and so why do I have to do it? Now, pause for a minute. That's not a personal remark. That's just an example. I watched my father love my mother. I watched my mother respect my father.
0: Somebody in here
1: getting ready to chuck a brick at me right now, I bet. Preacher, you need to shut up. Hey, let's not prove our immaturity. Don't preach that part, Pastor. Pastor. Don't preach that section of the Bible. Stay in Hebrews. Just stay out of Ephesians, will you? Right? How do I expect my children to learn how to be forgiving with one another when all I do is on my way home from church, I roast the individual that I went to church with that I can't forgive? How do I expect my children to not be gossips when all I do when I'm at home and I talk about everything else that's going on in life? How do I expect my children to have a good attitude when the when the person I didn't vote for takes office when I don't know how to have a good attitude? How can I expect uh, my children uh, to be leaders in society when I myself try to pull myself away from it? How do I don't expect my children to be honest when every time I take them through the drive-thru and it's almost dinner time and I'm wanting that triple cheeseburger and I'm going through and I'm making my order and then I look in the back seat and say, let's not talk to mom when we get home about this, okay? I don't expect my kids to be honest individuals, right? Don't tell mom, we'll just eat whatever she made too, okay? Yep, babe, that diet's going really well, Right? <laughs> it's time for us to quit being immature. Hearing is a great issue in the church today. You see, selective hearing not only affects the individual, but also all of those around them. Their spouses were affected. Their children were affected. Their grandchildren were affected. The rest of the church was affected. You got to quit thinking that you're the only one in this. Well, it doesn't really bother the rest of the church if I choose choose not
0: to love my wife. Yes, it does. Talk to Aiken about that.
1: Talk to Aiken's wife and his and his her their children. Talk to them about that. Let's find out if Aiken's disobedience only affected Aiken. Look at the uh, sad thing here. One of the most uh, amazing things. One of the one of the main reasons that so many preachers are getting away with preaching improper doctrine. Is because there's a lot of milk sucking Christians in the pews. How many times have you turned the TV on, you watch, you know, and you listen to it on the radio, and you just think to yourself, how in the world do, do preachers get by with this? Because people like milk. I mean, who doesn't like milk? I mean, I know there's a few of you unsaved individuals who don't like milk. But I'm telling you, we break out the cookies and milk, brother. I love milk. Some of you all like, I hate milk. Milk's disgusting. I drink almond. God gave you cows to have milk. He gave you almonds to eat, all right? And I need uh, almond milk and soy milk. The only thing I like almond milk in is like a recipe when you don't have to taste it. But if I'm drinking cookies and I've got milk, you ever tried to use almond milk for cookies and milk? It don't work. You just wasted a cookie. I'll still eat the cookie, but you just wasted it because the flavor disappeared give me some milk, right? Everybody likes milk or almond milk. But see, here's the other thing about this. One of the most frustrating and heartbreaking things for any parent is when their child, when they know what they're capable of, They know what they're able to accomplish. They know how they know how to act. They understand this about their children, and and they want what is best, but instead they have to watch them. They have to see them still living an immature life, and you just just heart breaks because you know there's something better for them. Am I the only one that feels that way? You want to know the most gut-wrenching,
0: painful thing as a pastor to watch? Christians who know the truth of God's Word, they nope. not going to do it.
1: We'll say, Pastor, why do you pick on people? I'm not picking. I want so much better. I want so much better for you. Just Digest the milk, let's move on to some meat Let's move on let's start you know you take a child as soon as you can. Oh, let's put some solid food. Oh, they're liking it, man, they're doing great. Let's give them something more. Let's try a little piece of this. If you got a twelve year old that is still eating out of the baby food bottles
0: there's something that's wrong By the time you five years old. <laughs> you should well be weaned off the milk. Enough of that stirring. Let's move on to the next pot. Look at the
1: second thing, verse number 12. Verse number 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, we have need, uh, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. I want you to see this with me. The preacher is obviously not trying to coddle them. He is is trying to show them what it is that they really want. He's not trying to coddle them. He loves them. Notice what is in these words. This is the heart of someone who genuinely loves his people. Loves them enough to say, would you grow up? It's just like the father getting upset at the teenage son who just won't grow up. And finally, mama is mad at the dad because dad finally realizes the best thing for my son is for here's your bags, go find yourself somewhere else to live. Tough love, right?
0: What you're seeing in the book of Hebrews, some of the wives in here going, ain't never going to happen to my baby. I pray it doesn't. when your husband understands something and sees that, or men,
1: some of you all are the easy ones to get pulled over, and your wife looks at you and says, he needs to grow up. She needs to move on.
0: Don't you too do that.
1: Don't you do it. Two of you get into a room alone, get on the same page, and do what's best for the
0: individual together.
1: Enough of that. The preacher is obviously not trying to coddle them. See, many times we cannot see accurately until someone points out the glaring issue that we're facing. A lot of times we just didn't realize that that's what we were doing. Well, guess what? The writer of Hebrews is letting us in on something. And so right now, in your heart and in your life, you need to be thinking, what is something that I have not been obedient to God about? What is something that I have not been moving on and moving forward with that he has wanted me to to, to do? It's frustrating to see an adult who knows better continue to act in immaturity. But it's time for us to simply move on and take responsibility. People, a lot of people, they want to be thought of as great theologians, but they have never gotten past first grade understanding. Well, how do you, how do you, how do you know that? It's evident in just how they, act the comments that they say the way they respond there are some people that man you you deliver some of the worst news and you you have to you have to confront them with something you have to let them know uh, brother i got to tell you there's a problem in your life i see it mo- i see you moving in the wrong direction and, and and i don't want that for you and they look at you and they say thank you And you see them take the word of God, and they take that understanding. You open it up, and you say, God tells us that this is how we're supposed to act. This is how we're supposed to live. This is how we're supposed to behave. And they say to you, thank you for showing me that. I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. Thank you for confronting me. There's other people that look at you and go, my job business, like a two-year-old. Mom, he's telling me what to do.
0: Mom. She won't quit picking on me. An AR, but what am I, right? We need to grow up. We need to focus on what we
1: need to change. When well, nobody ever calls me, and then why do people always call me and check on me? Well, those people don't just—they just don't want us around. Well, immature comments like these reveal. Spiritual understanding. You can't give a steak
0: to a baby. You can't.
1: Notice the next thing in verse 13. This is going to start to tie everything together for us. For everyone that use of milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness
0: for he is a babe.
1: Notice this being unskillful. Someone who is unskillful is ignorant. That's what it is. I'm not trying to be mean. Oh, we don't use like words like that, pastor. We don't call each other stupid. Ignorant simply means you did not know. All right, so let's not get too defensive. He's saying people who do not use meat Simply stay with milk for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Why don't you put a T-bone steak in front of that little six-month-old infant in your house? Because they got no idea what they're supposed to do with it. Well, here, here's a knife and here's a fork, you know. You don't do that, right? They don't know what to do. Why can't I feed them something, you know, a little more substantial than that bottle of milk? because they don't even know how to chew yet. They don't know how to swallow it down right. They've got to learn and grow.
0: So if you're still on milk, you're unskillful, ignorant. But what are you
1: ignorant of? Look at what it says there in verse 13. Unskillful in the word of righteousness that means the Bible, right? Yeah. But notice the way it is giving it to us. It doesn't just say in the Word of God. It says in the Word of righteousness or right living. That's what righteousness means. I know how to live right. I know how to live righteously. And so the idea here is to see how we know how we ought to live. Let's look at an example of what happens when people don't know how to live off of meat. They only, they only uh, uh, partake of milk. Go back to 1 Corinthians. Look with me at 1 Corinthians. Chapter number 3. Now, if you study the book of 1 Corinthians, what you're going to notice really quickly is that the church at Corinth was a, quote-unquote, carnal church. They were acting worldly. That doesn't mean that they were carnal Christians. It means that they were Christians acting carnally. I believe it was written to a church. I believe it was written to believers. So yes, believers can act this way. And so this whole book, as we go through it, you're going to see all these corrections. And this is what's going on that's wrong. This is taking place that's wrong. This is going on that's wrong. You even get to the part where it talks about tongues, and people are like, whoa, wait a minute, hey, he was correcting them. They were doing it wrong. Wrong. They were making a big deal out of something that he said, you know, you all are, you got the focus on the wrong place here, guys. So even when you get to the doctrine of tongues, he has to correct them. Look what happens here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul writing to the church at Corinth, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto, You are not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. The same message. He says, all you're doing is milk, 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 milk. You want to know why a lot of churches are in trouble? Because all they want is milk, 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 milk. Turn on the TV. But
0: pastor, they're growing. Yeah. Because people don't want to digest the
1: difficult stuff. Just like a kid when they sit down and they got the option of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but you have liver and onions for dinner. I don't want that. Some of y'all, just your taste buds got wet when I said liver and onions. I don't know about it. From time to time, I see liver and onions. I'm like, hmm, that sounds pretty good right about now. Some of y'all just...
0: About to throw up in the back of your mind. A couple
1: of you that are sanctified are thinking, yeah, let's go get that today, right? That's what, you kid, I don't want, do I have to eat the broccoli? Good for you. My grandma used to say it's good for you, son. Put hair on your chest. I'm not sure what hairy chests and broccoli have to do with one another, but that's what she told me. Notice, notice something about this growth is not
0: possible apart from the Word of God. It's not. If the only
1: spiritual food is the Bible that you get on Sunday, you are not growing.
0: You're not. Won't happen.
1: You see this example here of this sinful church because all they did was they consumed milk. You see, being new or growing is one thing. Somebody may say, well, what about those, those people that just became Christians this year? Well, by God's grace, next year they should move on and be eating some more difficult things. What about the person that's been saved for 20 years and still digesting milk?
0: That's a problem. An issue.
1: We're not talking about people growing. We're talking about people not wanting to grow. The growth is not possible apart from the word of God. And this word of righteousness, just kind of generally speaking, the word of God, yes. But basically, it's the right life. I don't cheat. Word of righteousness teaches me to not cheat. I don't allow my priorities to go out of alignment because the Word of God helps me to understand my priorities. I don't allow uh, myself to slip into adultery. I don't, that's not my wife. I don't sleep with her. Why? Word of God helps me to know that. I, I don't gossip. Why? Because the Word of God helps me to understand that. I, I honor my spouse. Why? Because the Word of God says so. It's the righteous life. This Word of righteousness helps me to know that I don't hold grudges. Helps me to know that I attend church. Helps me to know that I try to lead my children to God. So forth and so on. I've got all these different things that I do or I don't do because the Word of righteousness instructs me in this way. The question is, am I?
0: I, unskillful in it. I remember when I used to coach hockey, you know, we would
1: have those those games where you just, these people don't pay attention to what I say so you get into practice, the next practice you'd have, and if you've ever coached a sport, you understand what it's like. If you've ever been part of a sport, you understand what it's like. Hey, but we would get to the next practice, and I'd say, all right, guys, I need five laps, fast as you can go, hard, hard, push as hard as you can. So they'd take off, man. They'd start skating, and then after about one lap, you'd see them kind of skating together, just kind of talking, you know. <laughs> what part of hard? Skating, what part of as fast as you can do we not understand? Guys, five more. Why? You're not listening. Next thing you know, an hour has passed, and all you have done is skate as hard as you possibly can. Why? Because we didn't listen the first time.
0: But guess what? While growing up
1: because they're worn plum out, and mama's up in the stands at me, guess what? Next time I say skate as hard as you can, you think they're going to?
0: Hopefully, hopefully they've learned. I'm not saying that everyone
1: should be at the same point of understanding, but everyone should be progressing. Everyone. If you're not progressing in the Christian walk,
0: you are going backwards. You know, when an athlete stops being an athlete, this is what happens. I still ate the same way. Didn't have the same results. Had to get a new wardrobe. When a Christian stops moving forward in their growth, 1 Corinthians is what happens. I don't want that of us. I don't ever want that of you. I want more. Go back with me again to Ephesians. Look at this next verse. I'm sorry, not Ephesians. Hebrews. Go back to Hebrews with me, please. Notice verse 14. Wherefore, but
1: strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. If you are not learning how to apply God's Word to your life, You're remaining a baby. Now, Pastor, you don't understand. Hey, children make excuses. Adults take responsibility. That's what we teach our kids, right? Children make excuses. Adults take responsibility. I'll never forget when I was an upper teen getting ready to enter into my 20s. My dad looked at me square in the eyes with that vein bulging. Children make excuses. Adults take responsibility, and you're about to take responsibility. Yes, sir.
0: Time for us to grow up.
1: It talks about exercised and, by use of reason, exercise and practice. This is not only practicing what we like. My wife has been helping the kids. They've been learning how to play the piano. And sometimes, you know, they just want to sit down and play the same song that they've been playing because it's what they like to play and it's what they want to play. But then when you say you need to practice, I want to do that. Or you got those kids on the baseball team that they don't want to practice. They just want to show up for the game and still want to start, you know. They don't want to practice. This is what it's talking about. This is where it becomes practical for us notice what it says, by reason of use. You see, it's not possible to be mature, to mature as a Christian apart from the Word of God. But additionally, it is childish to desire the effects of the Word of God without putting in the effort that God's Word calls us to do. Only a child would expect to be righteous and holy apart from doing what God has called us to do. But wait a minute, Pastor. I thought God's son's uh, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is what makes me righteous. Hey, he is what makes you right before God and gives you a right standing before God. But if you truly, genuinely love him, you're not just going to skate on his bill. Not to try to earn your salvation, but to try to live up. This is what Paul talked about when he says walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you've been called. You've been called to walk in righteousness. You've been called to reveal Jesus Christ in your life. You've been called to show people the one true God. You've been called to show the effects of Christ in your life. You've been called to show the gospel. You've been called to bring this to other people. Are you walking worthy of it? It's time for us to get off the couch, put the remote down, and start putting some effort into losing the spiritual fat. We are out of shape, spiritually speaking, and it's time to do some burpees. If you don't know what a burpee is, you're probably out of shape physically too.
0: Maybe just get up and start walking, Right? I don't know what a burpee is. Do you know how to walk? Go for a walk. The pastor, you told me to grow spiritually. I need to go outside and walk. Ugh. Start walking.
1: Try opening it on a day that's not Sunday. The church is open Sunday nights and Wednesdays too. Check those out. There are Bible studies through the week. Jump in on one. Brother Herb probably won't care if you jump in in the middle of the care study. Would you be offended if somebody just showed up unannounced on Thursday night, Brother Herb? I didn't think so.
0: There are more things that we can do. This is why so many have yet to cross over Jordan and enter into Canaan they don't want to take responsibility for themselves. And so in looking at this, what about us,
1: maybe a better way of saying it is, what about you? The immature is, don't talk to me, make sure we talk about everybody. The mature says, what must I do? Well, let's get serious for
0: a minute. And looking at what about you, here's the first one. Have you become dull of hearing? Have you become selective in what you're willing to hear?
1: Ah, the pastor's going to be preaching on husbands, love your wives. I ain't going. Pastor's preaching on forgiveness. (laughs) I ain't going. Pastor's doing this study on evangelism.
0: I'm not going to do that. When he starts preaching the things I like, then I'll go back.
1: Quit ignoring truth and quit blaming everything else. Well, if we were doing this, the preacher, or the teacher, or my spouse, well, the situations that I'm in, no, 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 no. You are responsible for you. Look at the second one. Have you simply embraced mature immaturity? There's a lot of people that just embrace it. Have you embraced childish
0: behavior? Just kind of given up on growing up?
1: Well, that's too hard. You know, Pastor, you need to preach on something easier, like make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's easier. Okay, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. I can preach on make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Don't complain when God steps on your toe,
0: and that'll be a joyful noise. Say yes to the Lord. That's a joyful noise. Look back in the middle of all this. Look back to Ephesians. Look to Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter
1: 5. I mean, people, that's too hard. Give me something easier or... Uh, Don't you have a t-shirt or something I can wear? Do I really have to act a certain way? Just give me a badge.
0: Look at uh, chapter 5.
1: Let's jump through chapter 5 and chapter 6 just quickly. I want you to notice a few things. Verse number 1. Be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. And hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you, as becometh saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. And then it goes into the, through the next few verses on how to walk as children of light versus walking as fools. Notice what it says in verse uh, uh, 20, or 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God in the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Verse twenty-two: Wives, submit unto your own husbands, as unto the Lord. I ain't gonna do that. Verse twenty-five: Husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Well, when she acts lovable, bunch of two-year-olds. Keep going with me. Look at uh, look at chapter six, verse one: Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You don't know the way my dad took my phone away. Probably needed to. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Hey, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You know how you provoke kids to wrath?
0: Do as I say, not as I do.
1: We'll just let that one simmer for a minute. Look at verse 5. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. You can substitute. Employees, be obedient to your bosses. Ouch. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill, doing service as unto the Lord, not unto men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And masters do the same things unto them, forbearing threatening. Bosses, be good to your employees. We can continue to read all through this thing, and the simple litmus test of whether or not I have uh, elected to be childish or I'm going to grow up is when the part that I did not just like gets pushed in my face, am I going to say, "Mm mm-mm, I'll only
0: do that if. That's a kid's response.
1: So you're saying I don't get dessert unless I eat that one piece of broccoli? I'll eat it, but I ain't going to like it. Now give me my cake.
0: That's the way a kid acts.
1: You're telling me if I love my wife, she'll be nicer to me? No, I'm telling you to love your wife because the Bible says love your wife. I'm telling you to submit to your husband because the Bible says it, not because you think he's worthy of it. I'm telling you kids to obey your parents, not because... They deserve your obedience, but because the Bible says to do it. I'm saying forgive those who have wronged you, not because you forgive them, you might find a good friend. No, but because the Word of God tells you to forgive.
0: Look at this last part, and we're done. Are you trying to grow without God's Word? It doesn't happen. It does not happen. Now, understand something. What you get on Sunday is not your growth. Well, I go to church
1: every Sunday so that I can grow. No, 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 no. When you come to church on Sunday, I try my best to put in your hands something to go home and spend the next seven days studying deeper and going further. I want you to come back the following Sunday and say, you know what I noticed that maybe you didn't see when you were preaching that message? I came across this truth. Did you see that? And I may look at you and go, yeah, I saw that too, but y'all don't like it when I preach four hours, so I didn't put it in there. Or I might say, no, I didn't. I'll bring that up up next time. I don't, either way, I'll be blessed to know that you read your Bible more than Sunday. Your growth takes place with what you do based on what
0: you have heard Sunday. So, are you ready to exercise? You ready to practice? Time to lace up your sneakers. Time to turn the TV off. And it's time to get serious for a moment. It's time to go to work. This wasn't practice. This is the pep talk. For you to go home, open up His Word, the perfect law of liberty.
1: The word of righteousness. Pastor, you didn't. You told me I was supposed to do something, but I didn't. Go home. Study it. Well, how am I supposed to be a better husband? How am I supposed to be a better wife? How am I supposed to forgive someone? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Next Sunday, I want you to come tell me. You've got everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything right here.
0: I have a hard time forgiving. Get into this Word. Find out why. Find out what you need to do different. Some of us need to simply start with uh, two words. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord for being dull of hearing. So, have you been acting mature recently? Or have you been acting childish? Only you know. And Him. Our God in heaven,
1: we come before You, Lord, asking that You would inspect us that you would see any wicked way in us, that you would reveal to us, Father, our heart's issue, the things that we have been clinging to milk on and not willing to digest, the vegetables we've been trying to pass up so that we can just get to dessert. Father, help us to notice those things. Help us to get off the spiritual couch. Help us to turn the TV off. Help us to quit ignoring. Help us to exercise. God, that we would not remain children. the Father, we would grow up in you. We pray these things in your son's name, believing, Father, that you'll do them because we're not asking for any selfish reasons, but we are asking, Father, to bring glory and honor to your name.
0: We bear the name Christian. Help us, Father, to live it and to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we've been called. In Your Son's name we pray these things. Amen.